Do you use incognito mode that often? Yes. Really? For what? Web development all the time. Oh, okay. Well, web development makes sense because you're getting rid of caching, but like yes. for personal uses. Any websites you like to frequent? <laughs> Not really for personal mode. That but... rhyme with born hub. <laughs> born bub. <laughs> <laughs> no, Co- it's... Corn nub. Uh, the... <laughs> Here's a sound bite for you, Kyle. That's the sound bite. <laughs> oh, tapping the Rockies. When you have a guest, you should have them record their own uh, swear word filter. Oh, what would it be for you? Um, or do we need? We'll do one now and one after you drink some more of that one fifty. Why, why don't Why don't I drink some more? We'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll play it by ear. We can do it at the end. Yeah, I like that. That sounds good. Coffee Codecast number 22. Or four. <laughs> we should <laughs> skip one. <laughs> Felt like we've done a few more. Special guest Joseph Boley on the podcast today. Hey, guys. Hey. You know, it's been almost a year. It's been actually a, a little slightly over, over like yeah. three days over. A little over. Three days over? Uh, what did I write <clears throat> down? Was it that close? January 14th, episode number 10. Oh, wow. The tell-all episode. Yeah. We'll <laughs> see if that happens again. <laughs> the tell-all, yeah. I wasn't even drinking that time, so. Oh, my God. Much better audio quality this time. If you go back to that episode, you will uh, hear how much we've come along. Did you listen to that again recently? No. Okay. I don't I, I don't doubt that, though, because we've made some good changes even in the last couple months. Well, I mean, he would have been on the snowball. Yeah. I would have still had the Yeti. You would have been. Snowball, too. Yeah. Now we got the big expensive bastards here. Yep. And this is our first time with the Focusrite, three microphones. We can even have one more guest on here. 18i8, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, the setup is pretty impressive compared to last time. Here, maybe we should get a picture. Take a photo. Put it on the Twitter. Kids are on the Twitter these days. I quit Twitter. Did you really? Yeah, I quit Twitter. Uh, What happened? Um, I feel like it's just... It's kind of hard to explain. Like, you have people when they're on Twitter have an in-group that they're talking about, they're talking to, especially, like, famous people. They're talking to a specific audience, but it's broadcast to a much wider audience. And so I feel that when I go into replies to, like, popular tweets, it's just, like, a cesspool of people, like, fighting each other and bickering and stuff. And I also find that, like... My opinions on, like, life and stuff have changed so drastically over the last, like, four or five years since I, like, made Twitter that if I went back a couple years at the things I was tweeting, I was like, oh, geez, I hope, like, nobody sees this stuff. So I just deleted it. You wanted to wipe history, too. Yeah. I should, like, if I if I go make another Twitter, I want a way to delete my tweets after, like, maybe three months. Okay. Or maybe, like, maybe, like, a year. I don't think I'll go through as much change as I did in my late teens to early 20s, but I feel like that would be better for everyone if they just deleted their old <laughs> tweets. You know, like my like that gun guy, uh, what's his name, from Guardians of the Galaxy? 
he should have deleted his tweets. There's been a lot of those. Yeah. Yeah. They, they did, Everybody gets dug, their history gets dug into, and then they find some racist or homophobic or something, Twitter thing somewhere. You want to you wanna defeat somebody popular, find their homophobic tweets from five years ago? I feel like that should be an app, the, the auto-purge, social media auto-purge app. Oh, definitely. That would be a good app if it's not already out there somewhere. I don't know who would pay for it, but... All government officials. <laughs> everybody famous. We're going to target... Anybody running for a government position will be our target market. Why didn't you just set your account as private? Um, it was, it was, I think it, no, it wasn't private. I don't know. I didn't want to go through and delete like three years worth of tweets. I just had a friend that had to do that. Actually, our good friend, Aaron. Oh, yeah. Oh, interesting. What happened there? She recently got a promotion. She works for Microsoft and they really want her to be evangelizing and, and, she just didn't want to open up her Twitter account. She had it set to private. Yeah, she just argued with him for a while and was like, I don't know what I posted five, six years ago. And she's like, I really don't want to sit there and scan through all of it and delete whatever I did say or whatever. So there's there's social media managers where you can have multiple Twitter accounts and like sk- swap between them. The only thing you have to be mindful of is like making sure you're on the correct <laughs> account when you tweet, Yep. which has bitten people before. But like, has she, she thought about that? I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, I know what you're talking about. A lot of people will say like, oh, their name at Microsoft or something like that, you know, instead of their personal account. But I don't I'm not sure why she didn't do that or look at that option. Fair enough. So this is the first one since the new year. So happy new year. Happy new year. Happy 2019. Bully, since you're the guest, do you have any new year's resolutions that you want to lay out there? I prepared for this. I don't believe in new year's resolutions. I don't I don't think they work. You're going to make a sweeping change in your life one day. Like, it's like all those people who, like, don't work out and then they go to the gym for a week in January. Like, it's just not, like, a healthy way to make goals, I don't think. I agree with that. I don't work out in January just to buck that trend. So, I'll start February 1st. (laughs) (laughs) You were were on the workout train for a while, though. Yeah, I'm back on it again. I'm in a new gym. Yeah. But there's been a lot of activity the last few weeks. So, my attendance there has been not as ideal. That makes sense. Yeah. I uh, I have made a couple of large changes, like, gradually over time. Um, close to the new year, though. Like, I became a vegetarian. Pretty, pretty good at it. Sometimes I slip up. I stop drinking at home. Like, if I'm, if I'm at home by myself, I don't, like, just crack open a beer and play video games or something. And I've started working out more. Those are all great. Yeah. And you did them mid-year. Yeah, so the the vegetarianism started, I want to say, beginning of October. Um, I started swimming more, going going to master's workouts more um, before my knee surgery. And I've I've been going like three to four days a week uh, since I've been cleared to swim. And what was the third one? Drinking Uh, at home. I I started doing that like mid last year, like even before that. Well, that's interesting. I don't, I, I, not, I drink a fair amount, quite a bit, but I don't drink at home. I'm not one of those guys. Like some guys like to go home and it's a relaxed kind of de stressor at the end of the day, right? I don't do that. I have alcohol at home, but it's to entertain. And yeah, like it's never been an appealing thing for me. Yeah. So the worst one for me was like smoking weed at home. Like mm. I would go home, I'd just be like, I'd be tired from work. I'd want to unwind and just watch TV. And I'd just like smoke a bowl 
and sit down and just zone out and like i was i like managed it because i feel like i was still productive outside of that and i would have just like watched tv or like read a book or play video games anyways but i feel like it's more healthy for me like not to do that i guess it's kind of the prototypical yeah. like movie scenario right and in the movie you see the guy come home from work throw the keys down grab a beer out of the fridge sit down on the couch turn on the tv there's something about that that maybe that maybe that's my thing because as a child that was embedded in my head like dad would the garage door open and you hear him come in he'd come into the kitchen with his briefcase and the keychain for his car keys was in the cabinet like the cupboard above the microwave kind of a thing high up and so you'd open the door and you'd hear the keys jingle put the keys in grab something out of the cabinet <laughs> and you start getting you know and get to work yeah so it just uh yeah, there's something about that. That's kind of very, that's a very typical yeah, experience for a lot of people. So New Year's didn't trigger your changes. What cha- what triggered it? Like, why did you decide suddenly, <laughs> suddenly? <clears throat> well, the, uh, the working out more started, I think, after um, me and this girl I'd been dating for a while last year uh, broke up. And then I was like, oh, well, I'm kind of out of shape now. I should probably get back into shape. Um and then part of getting back into shape was cutting down the alcohol and weed intake. The vegetarian thing was just kind of gradual. Like I was eating like a lot of meat for a while and then I like cut it down to no red meat. And then I went just fish for a while for a short time. And then uh, in October, I was just like, let's see if I can do this. And now when I eat meat, my stomach hurts. So I don't do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what was the motivation for that? Was it health reasons or agricultural i feel like there's many reasons like some i don't like to pare it down to one big big thing because that's not i don't know the um one of the big reasons was like i feel like the way that we treat farming animals in the u.s is like a moral failing you know like it's, it's very cruel um another one is like it's environmentally it's better for the environment it like cuts down on carbon the sheer emissions. resources that go into producing that. Product. Yeah, if we if everybody in the U.S. only stopped eating meat, you could end world hunger right away. And like that's that's like a very simplified answer to that. Mm. But and it's like like the numbers add up, but like logistically it doesn't really add up. So that's not like something I would tell somebody to convince them to go vegetarian. Yeah, I think that's about it. And how's that been going out and that sort of a thing? Is it a problem or not so much of a problem? Not so much. I love cheese. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dairy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, not full vegan, so I can still do that. With restaurants, I'm not as strict. Like, I'll still eat fish and, like, chicken maybe, like, once a month. Hmm. And I'll never let it get in the way of, like, a cultural experience. Like, if I was if I flew to India and was staying there for a while and wanted to try Indian food, I think I would I would definitely eat meat there because I wanted authentically, like, experience that, you know? See, I think that's the counter to what you said when you said resolutions don't work. I think that's the flaw. I think the philosophy is ultimately flawed because you're saying, well, I'm making a sweeping change. So I'm going to do, I'm not, I'm going to go from drinking four nights a week to not drinking again. Most people just do it for a month. But I think... A more moderate approach gives you more success, right? You, you can do that and say, well, I'm not necessarily not eating it. It's just that, like, my preference is to not eat. Yeah. And depending on the scenario. That's how I would treat other, like, 
like drinking. Okay, I'm not going to go out as much, but if there's a work event going on, then I'm gonna, not going to stop myself from having a few beers. I think that's the thing is you have to get small wins. Like most people will take it as a big chunk. They're going to be like, hey, I'm going to lose 50 pounds this year or something like that, which is like a, a mammoth goal that's really hard to actually complete. But if you started with a small goal and said, hey, you know, in this month, I'm going to lose five pounds. Okay. Build off of that. Right. Which is kind of what you're talking about where, you know, you started with one thing and then you were like, okay, I can do this. Now I'll add something else. It's, it's additive. It's very manageable. And at the first moment, the first crisis or adversity, you're not going back to the old ways again. It's like, well, I wasn't shooting for perfection here. I'm just trying to really like build better habits. So I didn't fail at drinking a beer. That's another thing. I feel like when I've slipped up on those changes in my life, the slip ups have been like, like very small. Like if you make small steps up, but you go back a step, it's better than like trying to jump up to something almost unachievable mm. and then not being able to do it and go falling back down to where you were, you know? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. That's been my approach this year too. I don't have any major sweeping things because yeah, I also started working out back in the fall, but just being more consistent with it three days a week is where I'm at with that. And yeah, you know, I want to look a little better, get in better shape. Although I tell you what, I'm not in great shape right now and still not having any problem meeting the ladies. So (laughs) that's, that's been tough. It's your, uh, powerful personality that charisma yeah yeah that's right (laughs) i uh i need the the good looks crutch (laughs) (laughs) oh fuck man (laughs) all right let's move on to some follow-up here i got a uh i found a hole in the backup strategy that we had talked about last week or well not last week a month ago now, point. now this was refresh me. This was your sand device that you got your your network attached device that you bought for Plex server and all that shit. Right. So we had talked about the Synology device that I have, which is the the kind of the on premise uh, RAID device that I have for local backup, local storage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It then has software on top of it that can sync to the cloud. So in this case, I was using Amazon uh, Cloud Drive. And syncing all my content to that, which at the time we were thinking, well, that was a great solution. Um, and com- nothing bad happened, but come to find out, I, I kind of poked a hole in the whole idea. And that was that because it's a two-way sync from my Synology to the cloud with Amazon Drive, if one of those got wiped, the other gets wiped. We'll wipe it for you. Now I have a third tier, which is Backblaze, which is another storage device that I push directly to. Uh, it's a one-way sync, only goes up. And so I always have a continuous backup going into Backblaze. And that's a very large um, container storage. Like you, it's the same thing as what we talked about with Glacier, where you pay for you pay a nominal fee for the amount of storage, but then you pay for the IO okay. kind of to retrieve it is where you really get dinged if you have to retrieve data. Got that set up. Took about three days maybe for it to sync all my shit up to Backblaze. But now I have kind of a three-tiered approach, I guess you might say. And what's your experience with the Synology still after using it for a while? I still love it. It's great. And I have, I've upgraded the RAM in it. It's running quite a number of services. It's running Plex. It's running uh, the sync service. Um, What else do I have running on it? I have a handful of other apps that do a bunch of downloading. Um, No, it works great. I love it. Highly recommend it. Yeah, that's cool. I I was going to look into that for Plex server and I haven't really had time to do that yet, but that would be a fun project still. 
Cool. Uh, Joseph, since you're new, I added you to the notes here that we wanted to check and see what, if any, backup strategy you had. Because Mike gave us his strategy, which was basically straight to Google Photos. That was kind of his only backup strategy. So do you have anything beyond that? No. Oh. <laughs> I have... I mean, my photos automatically back up. I, everything on my phone backs up, which is all the important stuff. Any documents, important documents, I just upload to my Gmail, G drive, or Gmail drive, whatever it is. Yeah. So you're all in on the Google Cloud. Yeah. Okay. I, I think it's, I don't need a sophisticated, like I don't have any uh, proposal videos or anything like that going on. No music. Well, you didn't even grow up in the, in the, in the days of actually having to host your own MP3s and that sort of business. You stream everything. I have Spotify Premium. Yeah. You stream. Yeah. And movies, you have none of those. I have Netflix. Okay. Yeah. He's a youngin, so he doesn't know all these old technologies from the from the olden days. Just turned twenty four. Oh my gosh! Happy birthday, bully! Thanks. I oh, mean, it's a little belated. I'm sorry. It's like it was like three weeks ago. Yeah, I can tell. That, Shit, that's all right. <laughs> oh man, I was laid up three weeks ago. I got really sick over the. When's your when? In what when was your birthday? Uh, December 27th. Right after Christmas. I do have a New Year thing, though. This is a continuation from last year as well, but I did sign up for another round of Lindy Hop at the Century Ballroom. Classes. Same, same partner? Oh, uh, yeah, same partner. So this will be our, let's see, one, two, three, fourth class. We're getting okay now. We're getting to the okay stage. Took four classes to get to the okay stage. Yeah, we didn't know what the hell we were doing. <laughs> that's that's okay. Yeah. Like, That's pretty cool. It's cool. I could dig it. Yeah, I really like it. It's a fun, really fun way to meet people and hang out. Have and and boom, yeah. I have a I have a dance class story actually. Oh yes. Okay. So I one t- so two of my friends in college and you met Devin. Yes. And uh, her roommate. Um, they they were going to jazz dance club in college and uh they decided they wanted me to come too and so I was just in my room. I didn't know that it was even happening. I had just taken an edible and I in my dorm room so I was like getting ready for that <laughs> and they like roll up and I was still feeling fine and they were like hey do you want to go to to jazz dance club and I was like oh sure yeah that sounds fine I feel I feel great right now <laughs> get there it hits me super hard and I remember like I wasn't doing the moves correctly because I suck at dancing and this guy like stopped the entire class and like made me do this move in front of everybody. Oh no. And it was like a dip move and I had this I had this girl who was like bigger than me and so I couldn't like effectively dip her. And they were making me stop her me and her stop and do this in front of the class and I was just like dude like in my mind I was like dude it's not happening. Like can you please stop and Move I'm like on. hyper anxious and like oh god they're going to know I'm high. <laughs> <laughs> they're coming after me. They're going to find me out. They're going to find out I smoked the wacky weed. <laughs> I'm going to clip that too. I like that. Yeah, we're going to make this is a soundbite episode. We're going to make a lot of sound bites for the uh, soundboard that we don't have yet. We're working on it. Work on the soundboard. That Rodecaster Pro looks pretty cool. I'm glad I can become a permanent part of the pod. <laughs> yeah, we do need his permission. We should have made him sign the waiver before we started recording. True. Let's move on, shall we? From the weed and the drinking. If you or, insist. or do you have more to talk about in dancing? No, not much more to talk about. I did get some new dance shoes though, and that oh. I would recommend. I would recommend that. What is that? What is that? Like, what do they do that is different than standard? They click when you uh, touch. That's the tap shoes. 
That's a different class. I mean, I want to see him doing tap dancing. Don't get me wrong. That would be amazing. Yeah, I'm going to work on that. Never. We could we could have that on the cast too because we could just put some mics down on that the floor. That could be our soundbite. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you give me a few more Coors Lights, anything's possible, boys. Uh, no, they're just they're suede bottoms, so they they don't have rubber soles, and it's very slick. So it's all on a wood floor naturally, right? Like a gym floor, and it just goes. Yeah, be careful. You don't go flying around, flying your ass. But it uh, it's. I know for like Christina doing Zumba, like her shoes that she buys from them, they have like, they, they are rubber sold, mm. but the, the ball of the foot is like a round, like it has a round kind of print on it so that you can pivot, pivot easier rather than it kind of gripping and stopping you from like spinning. So I wonder if it's kind of the same kind of I premise. Don't, I don't, I'll look next time, but I don't recall that seeing anything like that. It just seemed like the bottom was. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I get that. But like it, it will help you so that you don't grip to the floor, right? As you're spinning or trying to do various things, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, and this is the other thing, too, taking four rounds of classes now, 20, 20 weeks, about. In the beginning, watching them do these things, like even the basic movements, everything was very exaggerated in the beginning, like a basic step. I would might move like three feet or something like that. And I think what's cool about the progression of the whole thing is that the more we get into it, like the fewer movements that you really make. Like you don't have to move that much. You don't have to lift your foot off the ground that much. Like everything's really kind of micro. And in the beginning, it just seemed overwhelming. And I'm like, oh, I got to do this and really exaggerate it. And, and, and that's not the case. And so it's getting easier that way. It's kind of fun. All right, moving on. Let's talk a little bit about Chrome plugins. Who uses Chrome anymore anyway? Bully uses Chrome. Oh, yeah, okay. I use Chrome. Reddit enhancement suite. I wasn't ready for you yet. <laughs> What are you enhancing? <laughs> you probably replace all images with like cat images or something like that. No, it just like, well, it used to be really important because. Well, you don't use the beta though. <clears throat> I do use the beta. You now. do? Yeah. When, okay, so. Chrome beta? No, Reddit. Reddit. So, Reddit you know, beta. you know, old Reddit before they did the big update. Kyle yeah. does. I mean, I used it before, but I couldn't tell you what changed. I don't know what happened. It, it looked like a website from the 90s. Kind and people like were Craigslist. Uh, I don't not know. Not as bad as Craigslist. I don't know what Craigslist looks like. Have you not used Craigslist? Nope. Are you an offer up guy? You just don't barter on online? No. Okay. I prefer Amazon. Oh, do you sell items on Amazon? No, I, I buy items on Amazon. Okay. Do you use eBay? I have used eBay once only. I didn't mm. use it. My mom used it oh. to buy me something. <laughs> What'd she get you? I think it was like a Yu-Gi-Oh card. The fuck is he the fuck talking is about? a Yu-Gi-Oh? <laughs> it's like Pokemon cards, but they had a different cartoon and it was like different. I don't know. Oh. Yeah. It was like it was a trading card. I don't have anything to add to that. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. It's, I think it's a generational. Alright, let's go back to uh, Chrome plugins. <laughs> I do understand Chrome plugins, yes. Reddit enhancement studio. Reddit enhancement suite. So sweet. It went like the Reddit used to be a site and it looked like it was designed in the 90s. It's still a site, by the way. It used to look like it was designed in the 90s and they did a, they did a big update. So it's not as important anymore. But back when it was important, it would add features like loading the next page when you scroll to the bottom. So it had like an endless scroll instead of like clicking through web pages. It would have like an, an image blow up. So like if somebody linked an image, you could just click a button and it would show within the website rather than having to go to an image hosting site, um, stuff like that, like little tweaks that make modern web browsing nice. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know what it does anymore, but I keep it on there because I think it helps. So the, is that the topic? Is this like what Chrome extensions do you use? What do you use? Yeah. So you <clears> use, what else do you use besides? Adblock Plus. Adblock. So you're a big yeah. Adblock fan. Yep. I do Adblock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Adblock Plus. Um, I have some like PDF reader stuff in Chrome that makes it easier to read books on my computer. Okay. Um, and then I have another, like, I have a Google Cloud extension, too, but I, f- I don't really know what it does. I've had these, I've had all these for, like, a long time, and they're just so integrated into, like, the things I do online that I don't really notice that it's different anymore. So you're, like, a LastPass user, right? At work. I need, oh, okay. I should, I really want to get LastPass on my home computer, but I don't. You don't have a password manager, okay. No. So that's all the plugins that you have, primarily, that you can think of? Any of them... Do you allow, for you, it probably doesn't matter because none of them are secure or create any kind of secure problem. Um, so allowing them in incognito mode doesn't probably matter to you or even you probably don't care. Yeah, I don't I don't think I care that much. I do have, oh, and uh, the one I, I did download one recently. It was like Google Authenticator. So I have like oh. two-factor authentication on certain things. But that's not, that's through, uh, there's an extension for Google Authenticator? I think so. I have it on my phone and I have it on, I think, Chrome. Sure enough. Yeah, there is. Hmm. Might have to look at that one. Mike, what what Chrome extensions do you run? Do you run Chrome? I do run Chrome. Yeah, that's the only browser I use actually is Chrome. Uh, LastPass, Password Manager. Yep. Adblock, Standard probably. I don't think I pay for it. And my budgeting, I use YNAB. You need a budget. YNAB is my sophomore, my budgeting. So what does that? What does the extension allow you to do? Yeah, it's just um, it's since it's a web-based app, it's kind of like you were just Joseph was talking about with Reddit. It just gives you a better user experience. They've fixed a lot of these things in their product now. It's been out for a couple of years, but when it first came out, it was lacking in some functionality. Like for example, some of the reports. They had, a, they had a desktop version of the software, and then they went to a, a cloud-based version, software as a service, and there wasn't, they didn't bring over all the features initially. And so this extension tried to make up the difference. And so that must be a third-party extension. Yeah, it's a third-party. And so it tried to build in some things and make it a little easier to use. Um, the other one I use is called Hey Habit, and it's it replaces the default screen, the home, like the blank screen when you open a new tab and it kind of looks like a calendar and you can put in all the different habits that you have and then like click the box when you do it. So reading or working out or whatever, drinking beer, kind of see, track your, your habit history. And it comes with a daily inspirational photo. I've noticed that on your machine when I've walked by on occasion. Yeah. Not the check boxes so much, but the photo for sure. Yeah. Do you allow the, you need a budget, in incognito mode or any of the other extensions that you have the reason i ask that is because like that's a privacy concern potentially you're allowing a third party access into what's supposed to be a very private session i do not my extensions are not on incognito mode none of them no hmm. do you use incognito mode that often yes really for what web development all the time oh okay well web development makes sense because you're getting rid of caching but like yes for personal uses. Any websites you like to frequent? <laughs> Not really for personal mode. That but Ryan with 
Born Hub. <laughs> Born Bub. <laughs> no, it's Corn uh, Nub. The... <laughs> Dot com. Dot the, org. The, the primary one would be one password, which is my password manager, and I use that a lot in 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 uh, incognito mode to log into different various websites, to log into applications that I'm developing, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, that would be the first one that comes to mind. <clears throat> and I think that's the only one that I have in, that is allowed in incognito mode, I think. But I have quite a bunch of other ones. I have the Amazon Assistant for Chrome. I use that quite a bit. That just gives you alerts and notifications based on Amazon purchases and that sort of thing. You can also add things from other websites to your Amazon shopping list. Um, just kind of with one click. So I use that quite a lot. Um, I have DuckDuckGo because I use that as a search engine. So I have that extension. Uh, Google The Google um, Doc in Drive plugins, I have all those. iCloud Bookmarks, which is actually a pretty cool one because I use Safari as my primary browser on my Mac. Mm. Um, but I use Chrome on Windows. Um, that syncs my bookmarks from Chrome to the Mac side and as well as Safari on my iPhone. So that way I can keep the same set of bookmarks in both places. I want to talk. Can I go off on a little tangent about Amazon? Because you said you use it to track your packages. Yeah. There's some changes going on in Amazon right now about package delivery. I don't know if you've had this experience, either one of you guys, but twice in the last two weeks, like, well, end of December, beginning of January, I've ordered a few items and I ordered some stuff to my apartment. I and, and I just moved, but at that place, I did not have like a concierge service. It was just a private residence. And I had a package sent there and um, they couldn't reach me because I wasn't home. And so instead of reattempting delivery, it said info needed, like, and they would not reattempt delivery. Like we need more information on how to deliver your package, like we need to know the code to get in or some way that the courier can get it inside the building. I've never had that happen before. And it happened again. I ordered a clothing steamer and I had it sent to the office on the third and they tried delivering it like at 8 PM. It was UPS and it was the same shit. They came back the next day and said more info needed and didn't reattempt delivery. So I've had the same issue delivering here where I would intentionally have it delivered, say like on a Monday and then for whatever reason they're ahead and they tried to deliver it on a Sunday. And then they would say, oh, a failed delivery couldn't access the building. But in those in those scenarios, I've always had like an automatic redelivery the next day. So they it's always used to retry. So I don't know what's going on. Now, the first case was using Amazon's proprietary shipping service. And that could be different because, you know, they, they'd act differently. But this one was UPS. Yeah, that's that's a little strange from UPS. You, any of the big three like FedEx, UPS or USPS, I would have expected no problem there. Right. Yeah, I had to get on the horn with customer service, and I said, hey, it's been 10 days. I haven't received this thing yet. And they said, well, it's already past the delivery window. We can just say that it's missing or lost or stolen or something, and we'll just send a new one out. <laughs> and that's frustrating, too, because, like, traditionally, the office has always been kind of like the safe place to send it. Like, yes. if I'm not going to be home or if I don't want it stolen or whatever, I always send it to the office, and that's kind of like I always considered that the easy or safe place. It would always it would always arrive. Safe place to deliver beds, too? Well... <laughs> It fucking got here, didn't it, Joseph? Perfect use of the uh, <laughs> F-bomb filter right there. Meow. <laughs> Do you have one yet? What would your filter sound like? I, I don't know. 
He's not that lubed up I, yet. We gotta give him some more Bacardi. I don't know if it's gonna happen. Get you're, putting, you're putting me on the spot. It's I'm feeling it. He's feeling. He's just not feeling that inspired. I put a, I put a lot of Whalen's 151 in there. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Whalen's liquor cabinet. Thank you, Whalen. <laughs> I, I also looked for Whalen's um, eggnog. Oh, but is that gone finally? It's probably it's gone. Man, unfortunately, that, I had just a little pour of that thing, and it was it was potent. That man knows his way around hard alcohol. Yes, I would never challenge him <laughs> in that arena. <laughs> like, he's a great office mate. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing this all wrong. Let me show you here. Get out of the way. Well, yeah, I always like whenever we make drinks back there. I'm always like, Wayland, what do you recommend? <laughs> he was he was all over the Spanish coffees when we made those. Wow, starting stuff on fire. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I remember you guys did dropping that. flaming sugar onto the floor. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, like, I didn't want that responsibility. But I trust Wayland with flaming flaming alcohol in the office. Oh, sure. If there's one guy that has that under control, he's the guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't I don't know what the uh Amazon getting back that whole thing, what that's about. But I've, it happened twice. It's never happened. Six years of getting shit from them or whatever, that's never happened before. So I don't know what they're doing now. Yeah, they're de- they're definitely delivering, I think, at later times. And maybe that's it. Maybe because the stuff is out of business hours now, then they just have a different procedure for that than they do if it's eight to five, they'll reattempt. Right. I don't know. Well, to sum up the or finish up the extensions, a couple that you might be interested in, Todoist. I have Todoist for Gmail. So when you mm. open up Gmail, it gives you a Todoist list at the bottom. Um, so that you can add you can attach emails to your uh, to-do items or that sort of thing or you can do anything with Todoist you can add items just like you would through the app itself um, and then I have a Todoist uh, task manager for Chrome itself so you can actually click the button up at the top of Chrome and same thing you can open up the list and do stuff from that instead of having to use the app or the website or whatever excellent okay and then view JS dev tools which we use here uh, pretty extensively but that Pretty not, much rounds out what I got. Not doing a lot of front-end work right now, but that's good to know. Some One of the problems I have with Chrome extensions is, like, some of them get access to your personal browsing history if you download them. And so I kind of try to not use too many of them, I guess. Mm. I would say generally that's true of me, although I do have the most of any of us probably. Yeah. Um, but they're very specific to services that I use pretty regularly yeah that makes sense like i don't i don't go installing just all kinds of random weird you know grease monkey script type things that's a good idea extra toolbars <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> like grandma <laughs> have you ever seen there's like i remember back when those were a big thing like there was a screenshot of like some browser where you couldn't even see the content of the screen because there was like 17 toolbars that were just like stacked one on top of the you other. You have the Ask Jeeves bar and then like <laughs> five fucking promotional bars underneath it in, yep. the, in Internet Explorer 6. AOL bar. Yeah. Netscape bar. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. I remember all of those things. <laughs> yep. No bueno. Mike, tell me about your iPad. You got a new iPad. Dude, I have an iPad Pro 11 inch with stylus. I got the Apple Pencil. Sorry, Pencil. My mistake. And and the... Pro- Apple Proprietary Pencil. That's right. It only works on this model. So when I upgrade, 
got to spend a hundred dollars on the next model. Um, it's great. I really like it a lot. Um, well, I'll say this, the 12.9, the larger version, way too big. It'd be like carrying around my MacBook pro. It just felt awkward too much, too big. This is great. I've had it for about a month. Um, been traveling a lot. Mileage runs, getting mileage run. I got my MVP gold status last year. So I've been bringing this thing on planes, Netflix movies, downloads. It's really nice. Do you travel exclusively with that then instead of the MacBook? Or do you bring both? I, I tried it. Okay, so I still have that old, well, I have that Dell XPS 13 that I got a year ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember that one? <laughs> like the small guy? So I brought that and the iPad to Sacramento on Monday. I did not bring this. Okay. You uh, lined up all your computers. You could have like a little, like the AT&T bars in size. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You could, yeah. You can make your own AT&T commercial. I, I have enough. Yeah, I need to use Craigslist or offer up and get and kind of get rid of a few things. This is very nice though. I like it a lot. It's because it syncs with everything else, the phone, the iPad, the iMac, everything's together. Like the writing apps that I use, note-taking syncs to everything. So it's it's a nice ecosystem. I like it all. And I think the 11 inches is a it's a good size. It's not too large, and the keyboard's okay. It's a little difficult to get used to because it is scrunched together, but it it's not that bad. And it can do everything except for development that I'm doing. So it's a nice note taker. Um, I did buy the Remarkable a while back. Remember that that digital tablet. The digitizer on this is fantastic, and so there's there's some good apps out there that you can use that work way better than that. So I'm going to be selling the remarkable too. note something, something. What is this thing? Notability. And yeah, great way to keep your notes organized. It's all in color. Yeah, it's good. So what do you find yourself using it primarily for? Like what are the, what are the primary use cases that you use that versus your MacBook? The MacBooks only really used for development. So if I am, at home, I have an island in the kitchen. I'll have this open on there, and I'll be reading Apple News. I, I have all my subscriptions now through that, so The Times, Wall Street Journal, Economist, all that shit. So I'll read the news in the morning on that and play Spotify to my speakers in the apartment through this and uh, check email. Yeah, it's really like the multitasking device, and then if I really need to be heads down getting work done, it's on the MacBook Pro because right now... Well, I have Windows running in parallels, so I, that's really handy. I can go back and forth, Windows, Mac, coding. It's kind of the coding workhorse. And this and the iPad is the productivity tool for everything else. I've heard kind of the same same type of stories about, about the iPad primarily is that like most people can't develop on it. Even people that are developing Mac-specific apps, there's still no like Xcode or anything like that for it. Right. The, the funny thing about it is that everything that I've heard about the iPad compared to the, the MacBooks is that the iPad actually, in many cases, is more powerful than the MacBooks. You know, in terms of like pure spec wise. So the yeah. fact that they don't have a development platform available to it is kind of like a very large missed opportunity or maybe it's on the way. But yeah, if that if that's the case, then I would agree with you there. It's very snappy because, yeah, it has that what a 11 bionic chip right? A12, I don't remember, but it's, but it's also a different operating system. So it's hard to compare because yeah, it's very responsive. I've never had really any latency or delays with it, but you're just running 
kind of a lightweight OS. I'd love to see it running Windows and all that shit. I mean, <laughs> this has this has more RAM, hard drive, that sort of thing. But I suppose you could max that out and get pretty damn close too. But I think in terms of like pure CPU performance, like they the the specs or the benchmarks say that maybe not that model, but the the most beefy model that you can get of that will outperform mm. a lot of the MacBooks. Okay, that's impressive. It only came out a few months after the MacBook Pro line came out, because what this was late summer. And I think the iPads were fall, November, October, November. They're great. Screen's beautiful. The resolution, the retina display. It's all retina. very nice. Yeah. Yeah. All very nice. Chester doesn't seem to. He, he's laughing at you right now. It's okay. It's just the way you said retina. Oh, yeah. That's the Johnny Ive. Aluminium. Aluminium. Oh, is that the spokesperson for Apple now or something? No, he's yes. their chief design guy. Got it. I think you showed me a video of him. The iPad 11 Pro has a beautiful 11-inch retina display. He's got a very posh English yep. Carved accent. out of raw <clears throat> aluminum that are refugees mined out of the earth. <laughs> Small Chinese children built these machines. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty bad. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Yay, consumerism. Yay. Maybe I should stop eating beef, too. Okay. All right. Moving on from the iPad Pro, I have another question. Way back on episode two, oh, that's more than a more than more than a year ago. Oh, let me think about that for a minute. What, what what would we have talked about in episode two? Okay, so the first episode was mic check, and yeah, like was episode two the first full uh, length feature? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, it was around Thanksgiving time, I believe, and we were talking about the tech that we were thankful for. Okay. Um. Think you're narrowing in on it, maybe. Am I getting close, warmer? But what did you? So we talked about home. So like, son, for you it was like your Sonos devices. Okay. Yeah, you like the networking, the Sonos, the Sonos devices, and we talked about Echo and that kind of thing. And I don't remember what else. Spin coffee maker. Oh God! <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! Um. Yeah. I did get another another update last week. <laughs> the th- look, the forums are fascinating by the way. Like the forums, like there's the same like seven or eight people that are just like flinging rocks at these guys, but they're still hanging on. Wait, can you can you back up a couple steps and tell me Oh yeah. So you guys want it, it the original joke was a sponsorship from Spin Coffee Maker. No, right? that was not even I mean we were joking but no we weren't going to get a sponsorship. Well, Mike actually has an order through what a Kickstarter. They were on Kickstarter and this happened 2 years ago. So this would have been in 20 well really December 2016. If you can go back that far. Sidebar for those of you who don't know, Mike's really big on like Kickstarter things. I buy a lot on Kickstarter. I bought a battery charger, like, an, you know, those anchor, anchor. Yeah. Um, USB-C charger is a Kickstarter thing that lets you charge all your USB-C devices. It'll charge the MacBook Pro, iPad, any laptop that's USB-C. It will uh, charge. So I don't, I don't have a whole lot of information on this, but like there's a problem with USB-C where it was supposed to be a cord that could plug into anything, do data transfer, charging, et cetera, et cetera. But it didn't really accomplish that. And I don't have a whole lot of extensive knowledge hmm. on that subject. 
I don't know. I've this is the first I'm hearing of it. I don't oh, know. Okay. I don't use it for much other than basic charging. So does it charge everything then? It will. Yeah, that's yeah. the that's the claim. It has enough power to charge even a MacBook Pro, so you can and that's the most energy hungry device you can get. So and it can re, it can charge multiples at the same time. So you could do the iPad, the Mac. I think it has three ports and the phone at the same time. But back to the spin coffee. Two years ago, December 2016. Two years and a month ago. <laughs> and half a month ago. The beginning of the Trump presidency. Oh, God. It was the beginning <laughs> of the end. Yeah, it was in December 2016. And there's this coffee maker was on Kickstarter, and it was very exciting. Demo, video, infographics. But it's Alexa. It's an Alexa-compatible coffee maker. It's it's a La Marzocco type machine. It's a commercial type machine for the home. And so they've taken all the components and put them in. It's the first consumer grade like home bean to coffee, whatever they call that machine. So it looks like a Mr. Coffee, but you actually have a, a conical burr grinder on top and this thing's Alexa enabled and it, it's Wi-Fi. It communicates like when the beans are low, it'll automatically reorder the beans for you and have them shipped to the house. But I think even more than that, like one of the things that made it very unique was that it used centripetal force to like, instead of like pressure, right? That's to, right. To extract water from, from the coffee grounds, which is kind of a unique take, which I don't think I've ever seen anything else emulate even still. Yeah, it's something crazy, like tens of thousands of RPMs, this thing will spin and it extracts the goods out of the coffee bean at an even rate, at the right temperature. And there are, the engineers behind this have worked with a lot of the big commercial coffee products. They have a lot of, they have a deep bench when it comes to expertise around coffee making. And so, yeah, it was a high quality product that was Wi-Fi enabled, interconnected and all that shit. And we're still waiting for it to deliver. That's kind of the long story short it was going to be delivered sometime in mid 2017 and then they had delays 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 and so what's the uh what's the excuse then there's there's been a lot of things i mean ultimately they made a lot of assumptions early on in the prototyping phase that didn't pan out really well and so they're when they were doing uh stress testing on the device they were running into various issues so the the grinder was too noisy or the, the water heater was positioned incorrectly and like the beans were, the extraction process was uneven. So you would get beans that were getting too much exposure and burning and other ones that were getting enough. And so it was an inconsistent blend. Oh, so it's going to roast the coffee as well? Does the whole process. Well, no, not roast. But I'm just saying like as far as putting the water into the okay. ground beans, you're, you know, it was some areas were getting oversaturated, overheated and other ones not so much, not enough. You'd think if it was spinning those things, though, like, even? I don't know how it works. Never yeah. Mind. I mean, that they and they're very detailed in their updates about this stuff. So, I mean, it's legitimate. It's just that um, they were, let's just say they're very unrealistic about their delivery estimates. And they've had to go back and re-engineer many parts to get this thing to work up to the quality standards they wanted to hold up to. And so they've stopped about a year ago giving us estimated dates of delivery and just instead like kind of let us know, hey, in this round, you know, like Paul's team worked on th this thing and they found this flaw and they're fixing it. And we got the tools remade in China for that part and all this shit, you know, I mean, they're and they just got another round of funding. So they're actually 
doing okay. I mean, they've they've ramped up. They've got a lot of staff. They have a lot of engineers on this thing, and some of the test setups are really cool too. I mean, they have YouTube videos of them stress testing these things. It's really quite impressive. So is this going to end up being like uh, again? I'll reference my friend Aaron, who who long time ago bought what was it the coolest cooler? I think oh. it was that. I think it was that one. It comes with a free blender on top. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, <laughs> she was going to use it on her boat. She was all excited. She ordered like right away. Went on for years and years. Like didn't didn't deliver. Didn't deliver. Didn't deliver. And then all of a sudden they send out this like email and they're like, "Hey, we're going to start selling these things on Amazon, but we haven't delivered to all our original backers yet." But if you want one, you could go buy it on Amazon. Is it going to be the same type of deal? That- I, I think what's going to happen with these guys, they are going to, well, they're already way late, but they have been very good on a couple fronts. One, still to this day, anybody can get a refund. So if I wanted to stop waiting for this thing, I could just say, hey, take my money back. By the way, they stopped doing the discounted pricing. So I got this thing. I got the Big Daddy that comes with the milk steamer and, and all this shit. Um, and it was deeply discounted i think retail price for that was around 9.99 i think i paid 6.49 for that um and it does so the price point's good it's a small piece and it makes all your drinks so you can say alexa make an espresso or alexa make americano whatever type of coffee you want to have like it will adjust and do that for you the other piece that i like about it is they have a kind of a curated coffee bean store um with the features local roasters, like small roasters across the country. And so you can find, I'm just going to make shit up, but you can find your Umbria bean or your Herkimer coffee there if you want to, whatever. And so they curate these things from all over. And the, the um, whatever the fucking coffee bean guy is called, can put his own recipes or own rules into the machine. So if you buy my bag of beans and it's the dark roast, then it's going to have these adjustments in the machine to give you the perfect brew you just scan the code and bam that sounds interesting to me yeah yeah it it seems a little gimmicky but i'm sure like if it works that'd be pretty cool mm-hmm. so i'm excited for it i held out for a year and a half by not buying any other coffee stuff i had like french press but i've slowly started building up my like i have i have one of those bialetti percolators now yeah and at what point do you just say fuck it and like get a breville or whatever we have i've thought about it it's a sunk cost already i mean that money was spent two years ago i got to keep it in the divorce so you know i didn't have to like buy her out of her half of the coffee maker <laughs> of the uh, the coffee maker that you don't that i don't have have <laughs> yeah exactly so you know as far as i'm concerned um it'll be a nice gift if it ever shows up and if not, I just have really good French press at home anyway. And there's no ATA. They're not giving out any ATAs anymore. Yeah, it's... it's that seems smart to me, considered everything, considering what's happened already. Yeah. What they're doing is they're providing really lengthy reports once a month with videos and descriptions of everything that happened over the last month. Here's where we improved. Here's like something new we discovered. And, and they're in the manufacturing process. Now, I know a little bit of this from when I worked at Stanley, but there's different you know, names for each kind of toll gate or whatever, each step of the process. And I think they're in the process called beta one. And so there'll probably be another beta behind after that beta two may, I don't know if there's a third one, but they're getting closer to production. It's just uh, not quite ready for mass production yet. It's it's speaks highly of them that they, the fact that they've been so delayed and that people generally speaking in these types of things, when, 
they have delays that are this of this magnitude, people will will ask for refunds, right? And ev- effectively, that'll bankrupt whatever they're trying to do. Yes. So the fact that that hasn't occurred yet, like, speaks pretty highly of them, especially given the timeline. I think that it was it was at a very low point there sometime in late 2017, 18, where you know they a lot of people had been for out of frustration, asked for refunds and bailed on the thing. Um, there's a small group of us that are just like, hey, this is how these things go. There's no guarantees. And then I thought it was really encouraging that they just raised a pretty hefty round, I think, last month. So I don't know. Well, it generated a lot of interest originally, right? Yeah, it did. Yeah, that probably like helped their case right there to get like more funding that they didn't just need from Kickstarter. And I would imagine that if there's a sizable group that are still in it after all the delays, uh, like two years down the road, yeah, that that would help them as well. Mm-hmm. I, it, I wasn't sure at first at that point in time last year if it was going to happen, and I feel pretty good about it now. And they're they're moving, and I like they're. You have to stop at some point, right? There's a certain line where you say, okay, it's good enough for V1, and we're going to fix it later. I mean, the iPhone. 10 iterations later is a very different product. And I think they're trying to do a, an honest job of give, getting something out there that's quality, but hopefully they don't take it too far. I mean, I want something nice, but I'm not going to be pissed if it doesn't have all 84 features on the first version. All right. We're running long. So uh, I get that a lot. A lot of tangent. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll ignore the whole in the news segment, which has quite a bit of stuff in it. Um, and we'll go on to like the last the last topic that I have here, and that is uh, solving complex problems. And I wanted to talk about that a little bit, mainly because of our conversation this week regarding the project that you're working on. And we don't have to go into de- details of the problem specifically, but I thought it was interesting as we kind of sat and just kind of chatted about the problem from end to end. Um, and you were kind of beating your head against a wall and trying to find a solution and then you kind of went through uh, uh, or just kind of ran me through the problem and, and uh, uh, suddenly a, a pretty apparent solution came from just doing that. So I guess I kind of wanted to talk a little bit through what are your techniques for solving complex problems or when you run into a wall, how do you solve those things? Right. And I would say I think most a lot of the technical folks that I've worked with in the past, like, I think we have a natural tendency to not ask I mean, we'll go to stack overflow or go on google and engage in the search process but not often think the first thing or second thing or even the fifth thing i should do is just go talk to the guy next door down the hall for whatever reason they're busy i don't want to interrupt people it's my problem i got to figure it out i got to go through this crisis myself and it was a good reminder that that's not the best way to get to a solution, right? I think some of the other things that I've done on my own involve even just like, I've talked to you about this before, but if, if I'm struggling with something, whatever it is, a life decision of a code issue, some software problem, work problem, I think about it before I go to sleep. And a lot of times like I'll get that going while I fall asleep. And then I've many times I've woken up in the shower having coffee and then it hits me like, this is what I should do or the solution is easier to arrive at in the morning. That works a lot. I mean, I've done that many times. So in that case, that's kind of almost like a step away. Like you're you're thinking about it, but you're also taking like a step away from the problem, kind of getting away from it and then returning to it 
and then you kind of come up with a solution after a sh- after a break in right. this case sleep right get away from it because i think that's it in the case that we were talking about yesterday what happened was a similar thing like the focus was just it was very circular like very narrow field of focus on this problem and it's like well there's only so many ways this can be solved and like well how can i force this way and that way's not working and we talked about it and it was like no there's something way over here that we weren't even thinking about that happened to be the right solution and it worked and it happened to be a very simple solution, like almost to the point of like other people were walking up and I was like, hey, double check me on this because this seems absurdly simple, right? But yeah. for whatever reason, like you were just kind of in that, like, I'm going to ram this solution home, right? Yes. Yeah. Like, it was like a very narrow field of vision. And for some reason, you just couldn't see the wider picture. Absolutely. So I, I think the takeaway from that is to to lean on other people more, even if it seems like, well, they don't have experience in this area or they're busy or I don't want to interrupt I think that saved my ass more times than I remember because I spend way too much time alone trying to figure it out so the question would be then though like what at what point is that appropriate like so you've you've now you've you've worked through it you've used stack overflow you've exhausted google you've done this you've done that like at what point is it now okay I need to kind of resolve this not I I can't resolve it on my own or I need to to bring this to another party or I need to use some other mechanism, right? I need to walk away and come back three hours later. Well, in this particular case, this was something I was struggling with for about a week, and I think that was way too long. We probably could have done it in the first few hours, or even after the first day, just been saying, hey, like, run something by you. you have any thoughts on how you would approach this or what I could look into and what I could do? Could have saved a lot of time. I feel like even another solution, too, like I do this with Christina a lot, is I'll tell, I'll start telling her the problem. And even just like relaying the problem to her, she doesn't say anything, but like relaying the problem to her, like suddenly, like in my mind, like something clicks and I'm like, oh, fuck, I just figured out the problem on my own. Nice. Yeah. So I find that to, I think I've done that with you even before, just kind of replaying the the problem to you. And then I'll be like, oh, never mind. I I know what the hell I'm doing. I feel like we both do that. Yeah. Well, I've gone into you before with issues and then I've just like thought of a solution. You're like, good job. (laughs) Go do it. (laughs) (laughs) I've I've been on the other side of that, yeah, where people have come to me and all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, I don't really need your help after all. I just need you to listen. I got it. It's interesting. Like, it's almost like that does widen your field of vision just because you're out, outputting what your what your problem is versus, you know, just sitting there looking at it and thinking like, oh, I can solve this on my own. I don't I don't know what what creates that sudden yeah. realization. I, w- I think this is more of a, a novice piece. Um, but I think it's important too, is that like maybe with less experience or earlier on, like things that I got tripped up in was not simplifying the problem set. So there maybe like seemed like the problem wasn't atomic. Bra- not breaking it down into logical steps. That's right. Yeah. And it's like, well, I got to get this endpoint working, but I didn't, you know, maybe if you looked at that, it's like, well, there's multiple pieces to this. Like I need to solve the traffic part of it. I need to solve the data format issue or whatever. And that might be a few steps, two or three steps. And it's like, okay, well, I don't know that one, but I can get this one to work and then kind of gain momentum. If you, if you approach a big problem like this or that you've, you've run into a problem that's you can't solve like things that you try and do any other ones that we haven't mentioned. Um, I, I don't know. I, I usually like talk to other people like, I don't know. I'm still pretty early on in my career where if I go to you guys with an with an issue that I have, uh, usually you, you're just like, well, do this. And like I usually get around it. But um, 
I think that's an interesting perspective though. Like it's a, maybe it's a product of experience, right? Like now you're hard headed. I should know how to fix this versus somebody who's newer and, you know, more willing to go and ask for help. I think that's a big part of it. I think that's huge. Yeah. We, a lot of times carry the burden on our shoulders or feel like in order to be good, we got to figure it out. Right. And it wastes a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> Don't have that ego. Somewhat to my advantage too. Cause like, I definitely the youngest person here by like half a decade at least. (laughs) So it's easier. I feel like it's easier for me to go to people and ask them questions because then I don't know, maybe, maybe they just assume that I am still a rookie. I need help or I don't know. No, I don't, I don't think that at all. I, I think it's on the receiving end of it. I like being available to help. And so I think maybe keeping that in mind too, it's like, well, other people want that opportunity yeah and i think in the same thing like collaboration i think is usually enjoyable a lot of engineers want to stay in kind of a silo but i i enjoy collaborating with somebody on a project so it doesn't bother me at all but i think it's a good lesson to learn from this experience is that you know be feel free to ask or talk to other people even if even if you are a senior engineer or whatever the case may be like you you know, talk to other people, talk through the problems, you know, they may have experience that you're not leveraging. It's an intentional movement because I think what happens a lot of times, especially for us, but we're getting bigger now, but as a smaller company, largely what happens is that you've got a bunch of siloed people. And so it's really easy to go days or even a few weeks without even going to some of the teammates, seeing anybody, talking to anybody. And so it's easy to kind of get form bad habits that way say well we work this way every day so this is how i have to solve problems every day too is not talk to people and just put my headphones on or whatever yeah it's a good point it's a good i'm glad you brought that up that's that was a good one it really hadn't occurred to me just that you know like i said with christina just talking through the problem and then all of a sudden snap there it is or in this case just talking through the problem and something else comes up like i do that more than i guess i realize yeah whether it's you or whether it's the IT folks or Joseph or Christina, it doesn't matter. It's, it just seems like I kind of, I, I use that as a crutch. Maybe it's not a crutch. Maybe it's a benefit. 